0: So much. Friends, today, yes, marriage is the topic. However, this message is for every one of us. Okay? <laughs> there it is. Sorry about that. All right. Now, I didn't even know it fell off. Wow, that's good. So, marriage is the topic. The message is for everybody, okay? Young people, listen to me. You need to know. What to expect from your spouse. Pretty good chance that you guys are going to get married one day. And ladies, you need to know what to expect from your husband. Men, one day you're going to be married. And as a husband, you need to know what to expect from your wife. And for we who are a little bit more seasoned, (laughs) maybe it's time for a marriage checkup. Amen? How many of you know that it's one thing to be married, but it's quite another to succeed in marriage? You see, no one on their wedding day sets out to have a bad marriage. Everybody wants to have a good marriage. But sadly, whether the spouses are Christian or whether they're not, many marriages end up in the D word. What in the world is going wrong? Well, if you want a good, healthy and successful marriage, we must go to the one who created it. We must go to the one who has a plan for both the husband and for the wife. Did you know that God wants you to be successful? Not only in your spiritual life as you prepare to go to heaven, but also in your married life. God wants you to be successful on your job. He wants you to be successful in your social life. He wants you to be successful in your family life too. God wants you to be successful in every aspect of your life. Just listen to what he said in Jeremiah 29, 11. The word of God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of, of not of evil, but thoughts of peace To give you a future and a hope. Today. Listen I want y'all to leave here knowing this. I want you to leave church knowing today. That God wants you to be a success. He wants your marriage to be successful. For your benefit. But also for his glory. So this is important for every one of us here today. That being the case. I'm going to point out today five characteristics, five ways, five keys to having a successful marriage. If you want a successful marriage, the first thing you ought to do is establish boundaries. Back to chapter 1 in the scriptures, actually chapter 2. In the scriptures of Genesis on page 4 in the Bibles in front of you, following the verses that we read last week, in Genesis 21, the Bible says, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of a man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother. Be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. Now I want you to look at what happens here. God causes Adam to sleep. And while he's snoozing away, God sneaks in and takes one of his ribs, and he makes a woman. Now, I heard a comedian say this past week that he wondered, how could God turn a rib into a loudspeaker? And men, if you want to enjoy some time in the doghouse, you just repeat that, amen? But listen to what God's people said. Hebrew people have a saying about that passage. They say that God did not take the bone from the foot of Adam so that Adam would rule over Eve. God did not take the bone from the head of Adam so that Eve would rule over Adam. No, the bone came from the side of Adam so that they could walk side by side as partners in the course of life Working together and helping one another. Friends, from those verses, we see that God has established a brand new relationship in the garden. Eve is now bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Eve has become part of Adam and Adam has become part of Eve. And they are to become one flesh. God established this relationship created this thing called marriage between a husband and a wife and it was unique from every other animal that existed they became one flesh they became jointly connected now i could go on for the rest of the day talking to you talking to you about building the marriage relationship but don't worry i won't As much as I would love to. But let me say this. God instructs you and I to keep the marriage relationship sacred. It's a sacred relationship. And Genesis 2.24 tells us how we can do that. Therefore, man shall leave his father and mother. And be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. But notice, in in addition to creating this new relationship in the garden, God also created a unique relationship with Adam with other people. Notice what he said. He said, you need to set boundaries here because there's other people whose relationship I'm changing. Husbands, listen to me. Your parents will always be your parents. But when you get married, your wife is to be your number one priority. Ladies say amen. Amen. Wives, your parents will always be your parents. But when you get married, your husband is to be your number one priority. Men say amen. Guys. Those football and hunting buddies that you used to have are no longer number one in your life. Your wife is. And wives, your girlfriend who used to be number one in your life, she's no longer number one. Your husband is to be number one in your relationship. Now you would think that married people would get that, but so often, they don't And friends listen very careful to this as well. When you have children, your kids are not to be your number one person. Your spouse is. One day your kids are going to grow up and leave the nest, or at least we hope so. And when they do, huh? And get grandkids, that's right. Amen. But when they leave, you're going to be left with what you've built with your spouse. All you will have is each other and your grandchildren. So you better keep those home fires burning. Somebody say amen. You better keep building your marriage relationship with one another. And the way you begin doing that is by setting boundaries Boundaries with your friends and boundaries with your relatives. The number one relationship that you have or will have other than the Lord your God is with your spouse. Sometimes married couples miss that. So dedicate yourself to your marriage. Defend your marriage at all costs you begin doing that by setting boundaries. Now, if you want your marriage to be successful, you must also make a deep commitment. In Matthew chapter 19, the Bible says that Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he answered them saying, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning Made them male and female? That kind of settles the the gender debate, doesn't it? Male and female. They ain't no more. And said, for this reason, man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then, Jesus said, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Look at the last part of that passage one more time. What God has joined together let not man separate. Now of course the question begs to be asked well did God join our marriage or did I join my marriage? But that's a message for another sermon. But did you know that if you're going to keep your marriage strong, it's going to take a little work. If you're going to have a successful marriage, it's going to require a little effort. If you want a marriage that succeeds, you've got to try. You've got to make the choice to put effort into your marriage. How many of you married couples have ever had a disagreement? None. Janet was the first one to raise her hand. She beat y'all. How many of you married couples have ever had an argument? Kathy was first. Amen. <laughs> Clara, Clara was second. Amen. How long were you, How long have you and Jerry been married? You lie. Claire lied like a dog. How long y'all been married for real? 66 years Clara and Jerry have been married, and they still having arguments, amen? Still having disagreements, right? How many of us have ever gone through rough spells in our marriage? If we're honest, every single one of us. So friends, listen. When, not if, but when you go through those rough patches in marriage, you're going to hear all kinds of friends, maybe even all kinds of family members tell you, "Man, you ought to just go get a divorce. You ought to just get out of that. Just give up. Man, you ain't got to take that. Won't you leave?" And friend, that's why living together simply never creates a godly marriage. Why? Because deep down, partners who are living together, they know that they don't have a commitment. There is no commitment. They can bail out anytime they want to. And if there's no commitment, the reason is, is because they don't need any commitment. They can leave that relationship anytime they want. And sadly, there will also be some marriages that will end a divorce. That's just a fact. But we also know that some people give up on their marriages without trying, without putting forth a little effort, without working on it. So we got to learn to try as hard as we humanly can to keep our marriages together. Mama said anything worth having is worth fighting for. Listen to me. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your marriage. Work to make it better. Put forth the effort. Don't you give up on your marriage until there is absolutely no other choice. But here's another piece of unsolicited and very inexpensive advice. If you're listening, say amen. Here it comes. Date. Date. Let me clarify that. Date each other. (laughs) Date. Date each other. Keep the romance cooking, baby. I heard Pastor Adrian Rogers tell this story. He said, I am so grateful that we got cell phones now. Because on my way home, I can call my wife and I can say, honey, this is the love mobile calling in. And I just wanted to call to tell you to sensitize your lips because when I get home, I'm getting me some sugar. Mm -mm -mm. Keep the romance cooking. I don't know how long you've been married. It may have been five days or 66 years. But I want to encourage you to continue to go on dates. Continue to date. I mean, think about this. If it worked at the beginning of your relationship, why wouldn't it work now? Date. Now, a date can be as simple as eating out. Everybody loves to do that, right? Just go eat out. It could be going for a walk. Maybe it's going to go in to see a movie. Maybe it's just cuddling up. Cuddling up on the couch and eating some takeout food and watching a movie together. Whatever it is. Keep building that marriage relationship. Friend, listen. Keep building your commitment to your spouse. And when you have an argument, when you disagree with your spouse, don't you ever, ever, ever use the D word. Because you see, some people use the D word as a threat. But I say there's a better way if you want, really want to threaten your spouse. will not you say something like this? I'm sorry, baby, you stuck with me. Yeah, you stuck with me because I ain't going anywhere. Tell them I'm going to be here for you for the rest of your life. Tell them I'm committed to you and I'm sticking to it. Tell them when I said I do, that means I will and I'm not giving up. Tell them what God joined together. Let not man separate. If you want a successful marriage, I encourage you to establish well-founded boundaries, but also to develop a deep commitment for your spouse. But you also must do something else. And that is, you must fulfill your responsibilities. You see, in the marriage, there or responsibilities that need to be fulfilled. In First Timothy in chapter 1, or excuse me, in chapter 5, verse 8, listen to what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, but if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Y'all get that? If anyone doesn't provide for his own, especially his own household, he's denied the faith, and he's worse than an unbeliever. You see, God expects you to take care of your family. Husbands and wives expects you to take care of your family. He expects the husband not only to care, but also to take care of his wife. And he expects wives to take care of her husband. But what exactly are you supposed to take care of in a marriage? Well, you're to take care of at least three basic needs that both have. You see, husbands and wives both have physical needs. They both have emotional needs. And they both have spiritual needs. The physical needs are not too hard hard to understand. You know what they are. Food, clothing, shelter, You know what those are? Transportation. And it's up to you as a couple to determine how simple or how fancy those are going to be. But either way, both have physical needs. But couples also need to take care of each other's emotional needs. There are times in everyone's life when we need to be built up. There are times in a husband's life and in a wife's life where they need to be told how much they're needed. They need to be told how important they are. They need to be told how much they're loved. Both have emotional needs, but we also have spiritual needs. To be successful in marriage, we should strive to build a relationship with God at the center. God at the center. Go to church together. Discuss the Bible together. Make sure that you worship God together. Have those conversations about how God is leading you together. And let me give you a little bit more advice. And this ain't going to cost you nothing. There are certain things that only God can fulfill in your marriage. For example, he's the only one who can ensure that your sins are forgiven. He is the only one who can explain your purpose for living. He is the only one who can truly grant you a home in heaven. He's the only one. But listen to me. On this side of heaven... God has placed you together as husband and wife with someone to help you fulfill your needs. The physical, the emotional, and the spiritual needs that everyone has. All of those things are very important and it is your responsibility to fulfill those needs for your spouse. Now, to have a successful marriage... You must also build companionship. And that's different from being married. Companionship is actually very important to a healthy marriage. I shared last week that companionship is God's antidote to loneliness. And that God's model for companionship is marriage. And I want you to listen to what the message says in translating Ecclesiastes chapter 4, beginning in verse 9. It says it's better to have a spouse than to go at it alone. Share the work. Share the wealth. If one falls down, the other helps. And if there's no one to help, buddy, you're out of luck. Two in a bed can warm each other, but alone, you will shiver all night companionship, it can literally add quality years to your life. Now I read about Jake and Jesse. Jake was 92 years old and Jesse was 89 years old and they had fallen in love and they were going to get married and they were so excited. So one day they're strolling along and they're discussing their wedding plans even at an old age. And as they were walking, they passed by a drugstore. And so Jake said, hey, let's go in here and see what they got. And so Jesse followed him. And they walked to the rear of the store, and here's what they asked the pharmacist. They told that pharmacist, I'm 92, and she's 89, and we're getting married. Do you sell heart medication? Pharmacist said, well, yeah, of course we do. Well, how about medication for circulation? Sell any of that? Well, all kinds, the pharmacist said. Well, what about medicine for rheumatism and scoliosis? You sell any of that? Sure. All kinds. What about medicine for memory problems and arthritis and jaundice? Got any of that? Yeah, we got several different kinds. What about vitamins and sleeping pills and Geritol? Y'all sell that? Sure do. What about wheelchairs and walkers and, you know, them scooter chairs? Y'all got them? Yeah, several different types. Jake said, that's it. W- baby, we are going to register here for our wedding. <laughs> right at the drugstore. See, y'all, a companion is more than a friend. A companion Is someone that will walk with you through the ups and downs of life, even if you're 92. A companion is a husband and a wife that share not only their love, but they share their very lives with one another. And because of that companionship, they're more satisfied and they're more blessed by God because they are intentionally building that. Companionship. Now the final tip today for a successful marriage is to show loving actions. Jesus showed me once again in Luke 6.46 this week where he said, Why do you call me Lord but do not do the things I say? See, the Lord has a lot to say about marriage. Marriage. But we need to choose to do that which develops a successful marriage. Whenever you look at the the fruit of the Spirit or the evidence that God's Spirit lives in you, the first evidence that the Bible mentions is love. Love. But what is love? Is love staying on this emotional high all the time? No, I can tell you from personal experience, that's not it. Maybe it could be, but do you know how God defines love God doesn't define love as an emotion God defines love with action in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 God defines love this way listen up love is patient love is kind love is the opposite of being selfish love is giving even when you're wronged Love is persistent. Love goes the extra mile. My point is this, y'all. God defines love as action rather than just emotion. And you'll find this concept all throughout the scriptures. For example, in John 3.16, the Bible says that love is action. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So my point is this, if you want a successful marriage, love each other by your actions. Show your spouse that you're kind toward him or her. Be patient with one another. Don't hold a grudge. Seek the best for the other. Now we've all heard that phrase, that actions speak louder than words. Well boy, in a marriage, there's a whole lot of truth in that. But how do you show somebody that you love them? How do you show them? Well, can I just say, you just act like it. Act like you love them. Treat them with kindness. Be patient. Don't envy. Don't be selfish. Hold your temper. Don't hold a grudge. Seek the best for your spouse. And I mean, and why shouldn't you? After all, They have become part of you. You're no longer two. You're one flesh. You're connected with them in a special, special way. And that which God has put together, let not man tear asunder. So there you have it, y'all. Five characteristics of a successful marriage. Five ways that you can make your marriage successful. Establish boundaries with each other and family members by setting priorities. Who's number one? Two, make a commitment to each other. Saying whatever it takes, I'm going to make my marriage work. I'm going to keep it strong. I'm going to keep it healthy. I'm going to keep it happy. Fulfill your responsibilities. Take care of your spouse's needs. The physical ones, the emotional ones, and the spiritual ones too. Build companionship with one another so that when times get tough, you're able to keep on going. And finally, show loving actions by treating each other with kindness and respect and patience. You know, one of the most beautiful pictures of marriage is given to us in the scriptures in Ephesians chapter 5 in verse 22. The Bible says, submitting to one another in the fear of God, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. And the reason that's such a beautiful picture is because that is a picture of how we are to relate to Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, compare that to marriage. So do you know that God loved you so much that he gave himself for you? How does somebody go about responding to that? How have you responded to the fact that Jesus gave himself for you personally? The only response that there really is is to receive the gift. To by faith receive the gift of God, his only begotten son who gave his life for you. Friend, coming to believe. Believe that God loves you just the way you are. But also to believe that God loves you so much that he wants to change the way you are. That's the love of God. He loves you enough not to leave you the way he found you. He wants to save you. To save you from the due penalty of sin. He wants to save you. And if you'll be willing to turn away from that sin and to receive the gift of God, the scriptures say you can be eternally saved from the penalty of sin. So many times we try to complicate salvation. We try to make it so difficult when all it is is receiving the gift of God by faith. For by grace, you've been saved Through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. If you'd like to receive that gift today, you can come during this decision time. I'll receive you and show you not what Brother Bill says and not what Bethel Baptist says, but I'll show you what this book says about how you can be saved from the penalty of sin. How you can know that heaven is your home. If that's something you desire, you come when we sing. But let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I thank you for loving us like you do. And I thank you, Father, for not leaving us the way you found us, but desiring to change us and to help us to become the righteousness of Christ. Father, we praise you and thank you so much for marriage, this incredible gift that you have given us, a way to receive help from one another on this side of heaven. And Father, I ask you in Jesus' name, Father, if there's a decision that needs to be made this morning, Father, whether it be for someone to come and be saved from their sins, for someone to come and follow through in obedience in believers' baptism, if somebody would desire to be rebaptized, to reestablish their faith, to ground it once again, their trust and their belief in you, Father, whatever the decision, Lord, if they have a burden, a prayer burden, Father, be a joy to pray with them about that prayer burden. But, Lord, whatever it is, this is the time that we have set aside in this service just to make a decision for you. So however you're leading, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would guide them and lead them to come. And we'll give you the praise for it in advance in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. Let's all stand. Let's sing.